Hello, legends. Today, I catch up with Cub member Colin Evans, CEO of Asset Finance Shop. Colin started his career with a whole slew of random jobs, like uh, working in an abattoir, cutting sheep, and, and even being a truck driver. But Colin now runs a successful finance company with 20 staff based in Bondi. We had a really interesting conversation. We discussed how to make your business defensible from staff leaving and moving staff, the importance of routine and how to make sure your whole company has a great routine and how to find your system to success. There is no one way to success and you need to find the way that works best for you. Colin's a really impressive guy that's built something out of nothing and his lessons and even just the way he thinks about things, I learned a lot from. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Colin. Thanks for having me. How long have you been a cup member now? Because we have, actually this is the first time we've met. So uh, have you, been, you, you haven't been a member long, have you? Just over a year. Okay, good. Yeah. And how did you find out about the club? Um, actually, just through a mutual friend, uh, Julian. He uh, recommended it to me in passing conversation um, after looking into it and, you know, kind of understanding all the people that were involved, um, the kind of barrier to entry, so to speak. Um, you know, not just anybody can kind of sign up. Um, you just, you know, figured I'd give it a try. It was really yeah. interesting. Um, I've met lots of interesting people and um, discovered some pretty different businesses. Yeah, cool. That's yeah. what I love about Cub. That's what I love about surrounding yourself with a bunch of business people. Is it like you meet someone who owns a satellite company and then you meet someone who, um, um, you know, a builder who works on like Barangaroo and all this. It's just cool mm. to have like, mm. all these different perspectives. And what's, it, what's your business? So my business is the asset finance shop. We do loans for trucks, trailers, excavators, all types of heavy commercial machinery. Um, based on Bondi Junction with about 20 staff. Uh, I think we're in the seventh year now. So been trading for a while, but yeah, really enjoying it. It's good. And what made you get into that? Is that your, were you in that space beforehand? Nah, oh, yes and no. So um, I first, I've, I've lived in Australia, I'm from New Zealand originally, but I've lived in Australia for about 12 years now. And the first five years of my life was in Melbourne. Um, when I first moved to Melbourne, I had a job doing deliveries as a truck driver actually. Uh, it was quite ironic because I ended up getting into asset finance and getting truck driver's loans for trucks. So, yeah, look, I did that for a while and it wasn't really for me. Um, it was like long hours and um, wasn't great pay. And for some reason, I like don't consider myself like a silly guy, but I, I, found, it, I found it really hard just to like drive to all these places. I'd always just like miss turns or I don't know. It was like I couldn't concentrate. It wasn't properly. for you. Yeah, it wasn't for me. I actually yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah, there was other guys there. Um, I swear that. Yeah, that were just better truck drivers than me and they had lower IQ, 100%, you know what I mean? But it's like, it was so easy, you had to just be able to do it and I couldn't couldn't always do it. So, uh, And so why did you take that job? It was just, you needed, you should just move to Australia. How old would you have been? Yeah, oh man, maybe like 23 or something. And, yeah. and you just moved to Australia, you needed a job and how, how did you find well, that? Well, a friend of a friend was like, I was like, hey, I need a job. And he's like, yep, awesome, I'll pick you up tomorrow at 5.30. And I was like thinking, in the you know, in the afternoon, <laughs> And he was like, no, in the morning. And I was like, oh, God. And then, um, yeah, it all just, I started from there. I did a few days with him and then I was out on my own. <laughs> How funny. Yeah, no, it was good. But uh, after that, I basically was just applying for sales jobs. Um, you know, always kind of been a bit of a, a talker on the phones, um, stuff like that. I had a job when I was young, when I was 19, selling phone systems for a company called Fusion. Uh, we just set up, I was like an appointment setter. And we used to, um, you know, make 90 calls a day and we had to get three appointments. I kind of just enjoyed where was the, Where was Fusion based? South Melbourne. And the owner of the company had like a DB7 or something. He bought like a brand new like Aston Martin DB7. But I just remember like when he got the car, you know, 
And I just used to look at the car and be like, whoa. I want that one day. Yeah, I want the car <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I got a job for ANZ um, doing ANZ car loans, working for a Sander direct sales. So basically, um, you know, we just dealt with consumer and commercial loans, um, you know, for for ANZ direct. It was a pretty crazy environment. We used to do between, you know, 50 to 80 contracts a month. Um, I would like run off one screen. They had like a uh, like an old kind of MS-DOS system called AS400. Uh, it kind of looks like the Matrix. It's all like black and green, and you just kind of go crazy in there. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and so, and, and and so, what was going through your head? Were you, were you thinking, I need to get it? I, I want to start my own business, or how did that happen? Mm, nah, not even. So basically, when I worked for ANZ, I realized I was good at the job. Right, I was like the highest performer they ever had, and I was for a very long time. Um, and was that in sales? In sales, yeah. So Sander direct sales. So just talking to customers, basically selling them car loans. Um, yep. Understood credit, just you know, had a knack for it. Could could just could just make things happen. Um, after being there for about three years, I actually left to go work for Stratton Finance as a broker, uh, and that's where I kind of my eyes opened up to outside of bank policy. Because when you work for the bank, they only have one policy, and obviously, brokers have multiple policies um, that they can you know multiple banks that they can deal with, and that and then there's also commissions you can make for introducing the deals, and it just like blew my mind. Um, <laughs> Worked there for like, you know, about 18 months and then, yeah, left to start the asset finance shop in Sydney. Uh, moved to Sydney and started the asset finance shop in the start of 2017. And what made you move to Sydney? Uh, just five years in Melbourne, I guess. I've been in Melbourne about five, six years. Kind of felt like I'd done my time. Um, don't know if anyone's ever lived in Melbourne, but the winters, I, I swear. Yeah, it's cold. Like, they're like nine months long or something. And not just that, it's a different type of cold, like to what you used to in Australia. Like when I first started going to Melbourne for Cub, in winter, it's like your bones get cold. It's 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 it, like it, it transcends your flesh, like through your body. Like it gets you in the bones. You never get that in Sydney. It's the wind. It's like if if you work or live in the CBD or whatever, I swear it's just the wind. It's like it's the shade and the wind. And if you're not dressed appropriately, it just like rips through you. Yeah, it does. And rips no, through you. That's yeah, exactly what it, it actually does. does. Yeah, yeah. And there's no beaches either. Like there are, but they're not, you know. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a frequent on the, you know, down at Bronte and Bondi and stuff. I love, I love the cold exposure. Like I love the ocean for that. Um, and Melbourne just doesn't really have that. So since I moved here, you know, I can just, I don't know, it's just not the same. So I'm, I'm a Sydney boy from here on out for sure. Yeah, and 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 so you moved to Sydney, you start the company. Is it just you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how'd you start? Did you have an office? Did you work from home? Yeah, so I started the company in my bedroom, basically, um, just doing, you know, deals from home. I rented a two-bedroom apartment and my, my mate lived in the other room. And, uh, you know, he would go to work and I would sit at home and just make phone calls and, and just do kind of one deal at a time. Um, then I got an office in Wallara, uh, opposite Philip Panzer Donnelly on each Cliff Road right yeah. there. If you know where the BP is. I do. Yeah, 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 just there. So not, not too far from here. And then um, we were there for about – well, I don't know, maybe three years. And then we moved up to last year, moved up to uh, Grafton Street, which is kind of just above the BP kind of, so only about 200 meters up the road. And when you said you were making phone calls um, from your bedroom, who were you calling? Were you just cold calling people to yeah. find clients? Yeah, and how calling, were you getting your list? Cold calling customers. So, um, you know, basically you can just call just people that are in transport, uh, you know, excavation, civil, you reach out to them, explain to your broker, you know, you're looking to, you know, build a long-term relationship with them la 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 are you looking to get anything later in the year that personal you know you keep in touch with them you kind of get into time with their business and their plans you start to understand them and you just build your database one by one um also as well the point of sale so any sort of like dealership um referrer is really good because if you got a guy that sells used trucks and you know his client can't get finance he'll send you uh his client 
you know, the, the dealer might have, you know, a decent chunk of money in the deal for selling the, for, for, uh, for selling the truck and they're motivated to sell it. And if you can get the guy the money, it's all the difference between the, the sale happening and not happening. So, you know. So would you focus a lot on, on dealer partners, on, on part, finding of partnerships course. that can help you, of course. like mutual, mutually beneficial partnerships that, that, that help you generate ongoing leads? Of course, because these guys are trying to sell assets and we can obviously, you know, finance them for the, for the clients that want to purchase them. Um, and it's, it's a bit of the perfect storm, you know, for someone that's, you know, newly self-employed or an Australian truck driver. A lot of those guys might be really good at driving the trucks, um, like I said, but they're not so good with the paperwork stuff. Um, they know what they want to do, but they just don't quite know how to do it. They've gone into their bank and they've just, you know, been unhelpful or asked for a lot of information. And we have access to lenders that can do things just, you know, with driver's license, privacy form and a rates notice. But see, I think that's really important what you said in understanding your client and understanding things that get in their way, uh, but uh, getting the, getting between them and their goal. If I'm a truck driver and I've like, I fucking hate, sorry, I shouldn't swear. I'm trying to stop swearing, but I, if I hate doing paperwork for anything. Oh, who likes doing it? Exactly. But was some people, admin people, uh, that's why the best people that cover always the organized administrational people because they complement the extrovert social people so well. But, 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 um, but you know, if I'm a truck driver and I want to own a truck so I can start running my own kind of uh, little business, I, the, the bank's just making it so hard for me to overcome the paperwork and the things and, oh, they need to ask for this information. How do I find that? I can't find my, I can't find my birth certificate. <laughs> what was that? Sorry, man. I have alarms at golf every day. <laughs> for what? We have, we have 10.30, 1.30 and 3.30 break at work and 5.30 finish. So, like, my alarm is like the time. <laughs> for, if you're the listeners, you couldn't hear that. There was like a dinosaur roar coming from his it's, back. It's called Old Car Horn. It's one of the original... Uh, <laughs> iPhone ringtones. <laughs> to, to tell us more about that though. <laughs> tell us. So, so why do you why do you schedule these breaks for the for, uh, at the office? Man, time is everything. Because like I agree. That's why well, I'd be worried about I, having that many I breaks. Don't know. I think I think everybody can relate to this, right? Who 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 can't relate to this? You get to work and you're busy, and you get onto your computer and you just work, and you look at the time and oh my god, it's like twelve thirty. I haven't eaten. Oh, I, I need to eat something. I'm going to go on lunch. Oh, I'll go on lunch later. You know, you then you, you go at lunch at two, and then you just like then you're kind of tired because you didn't eat properly. Then you take a long lunch or, or you, you know, you eat your food fast and you go back to work and then you like, you kind of look at your watch and you go, oh mate, I've actually like probably done a hundred steps today around the office and I've been sitting in this same space for like six hours because I'm so busy, right? Everyone's kind of the same. They're, they're not really that structured. So just with everyone at work, I'm kind of just religious on the breaks. So we have 10.30 break, break for half an hour. Um, you know, we come back to work at 11. Then we work from 11 to 1.30 and then we break for like 40 minutes. And then, you know, that's lunch. And then we come back, um, you know, basically from 2 to 3.30 and we have like a short 15-minute break and then we work from like, you know, 3.45 to 5.30. And then there's no like, oh, I'm going to take my lunch now or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then people are just kind of coming and going as they please. It's just like, hey, these are our times. We're all away and we're all back. So, and also because we work as a team, like if I need to speak to someone in support going, hey, I'm just following up on this customer, what's going on? And they're not at their desk, super annoying. So like if we all kind of just like, we have our breaks at the same time. That just makes it easier, you know. I like that. I like yeah, that a lot. Yeah, it's just simple structure. It's like, you know, when you go to school and the bell rings, it's just like it's kind of ingrained in you and it's just it's easy to follow too. And then there's no negotiation. There's no having to think about it. It's just what we do as a culture and, and it works for everybody. Everyone loves it. It's kind of the question like what's better for people, ultimate freedom or um, or, or like, uh, you know, some provided structure. Mm. And, 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 you know, people – 
seem to think like, oh yeah, the ultimate freedom is the best, where I just can do whatever I want and 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 make decisions for myself. Yeah, that's, and that's, but, that's actually horrible. Well, it's horrible for In my the, opinion. That's horrible. Well, it's horrible for like ninety nine percent of people because mm. if you gave ninety nine percent of people, you know, no schedule, no reason to show up to anything, no, mm. they just end up fat and lazy. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah but I'm but, one of them. That happens to me. Yeah, of course, it would be myself too. But that's why, like, I have strict routines for myself. I reckon that's a big part of mm. the reason I, I can do all right is because I like I even eat the same things. You know, yeah. every day oh, I, for sure, yeah. I get to the office at relatively the same time mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. I, I I listen to the same podcast while I'm walking to the because I've been pots points. So I walk to the city. Yep. While I walk every like it's so routined that it helps me achieve more and be better. Oh, and I think you're kind of like <laughs> giving people that sure. blueprint in your office. I think that's cool. Mm. And like you know, we we work in Bonner Junction, right? So someone needs to go to the doctor or they've got to get their suit tailored or, you know, you got to get something done. Like you got full freedom to kind of do whatever you want. It's not like you can't extend those breaks, but just that structure for people just keeps it really simple, you know, and straightforward. It's like having like a workout routine or something or, you know, it's just, just structuring your life helps a lot. It does. And what made you, how did you implement that? Was that like from the start or did you kind of say to everyone one day, guys, look, we're going to do this and this is why or? I don't even know. It kind of just happened. I think I think I kind of did it for myself, and then because you know when you started off, there was only like you know three of us or whatever, four of us, and then kind of got to like six or seven, and then I think, hey, this is just how I want to run it. And then over time, it just just naturally developed, and everyone everyone just participates. It, it's it's just yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems to work. It, I think it's good for community as well. Like people just you know, it's like the whole like fitting in thing. Like you know, it's not always about doing what you want to do. It's about what's doing what's best for everybody mm. and what works for the company. So. Um, and I, look, I think it's reasonable as well. Like no one's working super long hours. They, they get a break every couple of hours. It's like pretty straightforward. And police, we, you know, I don't police them either. Like if someone comes back from lunch late or whatever, it's all good, you know. Yeah. I, I, Show I, goes on. I like that though. It, it makes it easier for people to fit in. Like, you know, being someone who just runs communities for a living, people want to know how to fit. They almost want to know what's expected of them. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like how companies have values, communities have you know, the same values and rules and societies have laws and expectations, oh, sure. you know, like people need to know, like, how do I fit in? How can I, you know, how do I conform to this group? Mm. Um, because, you know, this group could make me stronger. And like you see the negative effects with that as well, you know, with media and, and social media and things like that. But 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 there's a reason that happens, you know, people mm. need that, like uh, they, they, they need structure. They need to be shown like this is how you fit into this community if this is the community you want to be in mm. it might not be the right community for you or the right company for you mm. but at least you'll know that because you oh, can see sure. well, how we how we function if that's not mm. how you like to function well uh, you can you can definitely find a, a, a different company yeah look 100 percent. I, I agree with you completely but um uh everyone's happy you know everyone's happy at work um you know, obviously with, with every business you have your issues with staff. Um, at one point we had about, uh, I think it was like 26 or something. Um, staff? Yeah, I think t- actually I think at the moment we're down to 17. So but I just, you know, tell people about 20, same thing, it, you know, fluctuates. Sometimes you're higher, sometimes you fire, whatever. But um, yeah, we, we had a few more and at one point we had like a whole bunch of people kind of come in and we had the people that were, you know, kind of I would, I would like to say on on the team and off the team, you know. So there's like a bit of a, a bit of an internal divide there where like, you know, the new guys were kind of complaining that, oh, it should be like this, it should be like that. And then all the kind of lifers, so to speak, guys that have been there for a while, <clears throat> they, you know, they get it, they actually understand it. Um, and, you know, they're actually kind of on on side. And then, um, you know, we, we had a bit of a divide for a while, but those people just naturally, you know, through attrition just kind of just 
just fizzled out or, which or is, we went to work somewhere else. Yeah, which is fine because, you know, if it, it, you're not forced to do something. Like it, you, you can choose where you work. And that's what I like about different companies, having different cultures and, and different ways of doing things. It's like as a company, you should promote, you know, you, you should be forwards with that. So you should tell every potential new staff member, this is how we operate and this is why we do it. And and that way the, the staff member can assess like, is, is this a company I want to work at? Mm. And if it does sound like a company I want to work at, well, fantastic. I, mm. I understand how it works. I understand the culture. I understand the rules. Mm. I could jump straight in and, 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 and kind of slide into the, uh, into the um, rhythm of things. Mm. Mm. So it's just about being transparent. And, and I think it's great to have these. Like I think it's great there's some companies that do a hunt. You can do whatever you want. And there's other companies that uh, are really structured. There's some companies that are work from home. There's others not. We need that diversity in, in businesses because it'll help the right people find the right business and work the way that works best for them. Oh, for sure. And you also have to like believe in yourself as well, you know, like you have to be like, hey, this is how we do things here and this is how we want to do it. Because one of the problems that you can have quite easily is that people can come in and kind of, you know, put their, put their wishes on you and then all of a sudden you're kind of like twisting your ethos to, to suit them. And then, you know, you do that a few times with a few different uh, kind of people and then you kind of have to stop and go, hang on, man, like this isn't actually how we operate and this isn't how I operate. I'm kind of catering for this person. So, you know, those types of conversations that you have to have with those people, the expectations that you have to set with them. Um, but this is all stuff I've had to learn, you know, because when I, when I first started, I was an employee to, 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 to business owner. And, um, you know, personally, I, I find the conversations quite uncomfortable. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of avoid them for as long as possible. I, I let people know in, in lots of other ways about how, how I feel about things without actually telling them. I, I show people a lot of the time, um, especially by like my actions, like w what I do, you know, um, and, and then hope people kind of uh, can understand the way that I lead by example. But um, yeah, like th there are a lot of great cultures to fit into, but then see people are very complex as well. Um, so it, it's hard to put them in a box. And also as well, the thing that I notice the most about hiring someone is that on first impressions, you know, like we sit down and I seem like nice enough, but then I come to Cub every day and just slowly but surely just start like rubbing you the wrong way, you know? And then it's like, you kind of like let certain things slide and then it gets to the point where it's like, well, where do I actually draw the line with this person, you know? So all of that stuff's like really dynamic and um, being a business owner lately, the like the – the psychology side of things and um, kind of like, you know, having to enforce your kind of boundaries on people at some point because you have to, you know, um, that's been the most interesting for me over the last year. That's That's been my biggest area of growth. I think, um, I mean, what you're saying, what I took from what you said is something that happens often is it, often new people want to change things. They'll come in and they, you know, they, they haven't yet adopted the, culture or the rhythm of the company. And as the leader, you don't really want to say no to the new person because you don't want to be someone who's shutting down someone's ideas or shutting down uh, or, or be seen as being unflexible or whatnot. But that is like, I understand that. That is a really difficult. Um, delicate line. Yeah. yeah, it's a delicate line because like at one point you don't want them to come in and break something that, that works beautifully. Mm. But at the same time, you also don't want someone to come in and feel like you're just shutting down mm ideas and and good people do have ideas like they are going to come to you with things that they've seen at other companies work and yeah. so I, I think a, a way to do that is is to systemize um, uh, 
uh, innovation and and uh, uh, idea discussion amongst the team, and perhaps like. Yeah, if, if, if you think – if there's something that you'd like to discuss and potentially bring to the team as an idea to implement, you know, note that down. We, you know, we create as the company, we create a list of uh, ideas or items that we want to discuss in our next quarterly meeting. And as a team, we will discuss them and see what, what uh, works best because – you know, that new person might say, look, I hate how you guys do lunches. It's, it's crap. It doesn't work at every other company I've ever been to. I've, you know, I've just gone and done whatever I wanted throughout the day. And I think that's how it should be. But if you bring that up to a, in a team setting, in a, in, in a respectable discussion style team setting, the rest of the team who are probably doing really well because of that structure and, you know, their lives are going quite good. They're nice and regimented. They might say, well, no, actually we, we're finding that we're more successful doing it this way. And so mm. you don't actually have to shut the person down yourself. The Someone team does. Will, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. And it's really the mastery of, of getting others to do your dirty work, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 100%, and and yeah. to do that, you have to have those other people be better off mm-hmm. because if they aren't better off doing that, well, then they're not going to vote that. Well, then anyway. you've got the whole team saying, yeah, the lunches are horrible. Like, yeah. I want to go and break one. Which is also break. good because then you probably should yeah, you change. Probably should, yeah, yeah, otherwise everyone wants to leave. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, like there's little clever ways you can you, – you, that, that's where I think big companies get so good. It's like oh, they've man. kind of solved every problem into a system and that system kind of offsets blame into uh, onto someone else or uh, allows um, the group to have their way with yeah, them. Yeah, or it just makes you get over it. Like, oh, yeah, we'll discuss in the quarterly and then, you know, that person moves on, forgets about it. Yeah, and they, well, they adopt the system and they keep going forward. They don't they really never bring care it about it. They just wanted to bring it up. And then th- 30 days later, they don't care anymore. Yeah, or, well, it does weed out those. Like, four, or five days later, they don't actually care. Yeah, yeah. and it weeds out that stuff because yeah, like, there, there's a lot of that too. It tests people's uh, conviction. Yeah, yeah, but also some people just want to – Some pe- I was telling the team this the other day. It's like some people just say things. Like they don't mean it and they probably don't even care about what they're saying. They just want to be heard or they just want to say something or they want to test how you're going to respond. Like people just say shit sometimes. I have an employee at my work that thinks out loud. Literally yeah. thinks out loud. Yeah, I do that often. Just blurts. I do that and often. Like, <laughs> and I had to learn to be like, okay, these are just actual like verbalized thoughts. Yeah, you know? and that, that, but that's really good. Like uh, I, I think a big problem that, I mean, I can imagine in big companies it's a huge problem, but it, it's gone through the whole world and it's come to smaller uh, SMEs as well, is people are too scared to say things. You know, they're too scared to be out of line or to say something that um, – someone could be offended by it. Like there's a lot of fear around speech, but but a lot of thinking and a lot of agreeing and, and navigating and ideas and innovate, a lot of it just comes through talking. And if you're scared to talk and to say things, you know, then that's going to, dam- in my opinion, that's going to damper um, empathy in society. Oh, it's sure. going to damper innovation. Mm-hmm. And, and, but again, that's a fine line too, because you can't have people saying ridiculously stupid, offensive things or, or just saying things for the sake of it. Like, mm-hmm. but, but, but I think that is a problem in, in, in companies these days. I do agree with you, but also like, I don't know, one of the, one of the problems in our company is that we kind of know what we need to do and we just have to do it. And then sometimes people get so caught up doing everything other than what they should be doing. Do you know what I mean? So they're only 10% yeah. of their time is effective and then 90% of it's wasted. Yeah. So like people might think I'm a bit of a stickler, but it's just like, I know, you know, you call these people, you follow up this person, you send the email, you call that guy back, you know, you see what this guy's doing, you touch base with this guy when you should be. And if you just like do those things on repeat, I know it's like, it's not glamorous, right? But it's, it's, it's like highly effective. But see, I think that is glamorous because that is when you mastered your business. 
whatever you focus on in business is what works. Mm. And if you know what to focus on to get to, to, to the most important things to focus on for your business to work, that is the most important thing. That's what most uh, businesses struggle with in scaling is that they're not focused. They, and to focus, you have to have systems. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a system, the person – you need the system to provide to a person so that they can just execute that system, like tick the boxes. Like if I'm at Macca's, you know, flip the patty, do this, yep. get the bread. 100%. Like it's a system. Like mm. you don't need to think outside of that yeah. system. Just do that. Yeah. And then after you've done that, we can have some time to think and talk and discuss and have new ideas. Maybe we could put an extra pickle. The true art though and that is being able to like slot a new person into that system. Because you and I might have done it for a while and we understand it. And it might seem simple to follow X, Y, Z, but to get someone from the outside in, you know, like you got a new employee, hey, here's our system, this is how it works. That to me is like, that's the, that's the real magic. If that's you, the pinnacle. If you can get someone to do, like, to do what you do, that's like the dream. But it's, it's very, very, very hard. Yes, but, but it's hard for SMEs, but bigger businesses, the oh, businesses that scale, that's how they've scaled. Because think about it like this. When you're a small, particularly when you're a really small business, like uh, under te- under ten staff, mm-hmm. if you lose someone, not like odds are they're really important to your business. Oh, yeah, for you're sure. really put off. You're really thrown. Like it's 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 affected you as a business owner, and it's affected your business because that person is a was a really important function. That is a huge problem. Because you can't be reliant on any one person. Because if they leave, what yeah, you tell me if someone leaves, I'm fucked. Mm. I, I can't. That, that that means I'm not a very strong business. Mm. A strong business, a strong. Yeah, but you, you, you really you have to break out of that, and mm-hmm. to break out of that, you need systems and then training, like you're saying, to training. Can, can I add something here? I think the one other thing as well that that we did in our business that we've done quite well is like um, like diversification or like diversification of like uh, of like people's responsibilities. So, for example, we're finance brokers, right? We used to have people that speak to the client do the submission, you know, write the notes, get it to credit, get the docs done, get the docs signed and back, make sure they're all complete, put them into settlement, you know, get the deal settled, get everyone paid, do all the follow-up on the back end, you know, send the Google review, you know, follow up the customer, blah, 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 the start to finish. We've kind of broken that up into components now. So we have people on the front, you know, that do the calls, people that do the submissions and people that, um, you know, manage where the deals go. So we've just kind of, you know, I, I think that when, it, when companies get larger, you have to kind of diversify the responsibilities within the business. and Well, the roles get more focused. Yeah, the roles get more focused. Happens. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So the roles are more focused and people know what they're doing and, the, and their job is more limited as well. So like if you get someone new, it's like instead of having to learn, you know, 100 steps or 100%, you only have to learn the the, the first 25. Yeah, or you become great at three. It's the Henry Ford model. It's 100%. A, you know, it's, it's, it's it is, a, it is. You it just is. do that. You just do that and it just keeps moving down the yes, production yes, line. Yes, it Each is. person it just is. does that one but, thing. But, you know, as from growing from one to, you know, 20, let's just say, um, for me, like in the last year when we've kind of like really refined that, that's where we've had the most cut through. Like, you know, business is performing well. And also as well, when you, when you say that you're vulnerable, right, and one, you know, you have one person that's good at this entire skill set, well, you have, you know, four people in each role that can kind of do it. So if one person leaves, well, there's three other guys that are kind of doing the same thing. Exactly. It's not as bad, you know. Exactly. And so I always think that – got a hedge there. You, you do, you got, you, yeah, it, it, business is very much like, I don't like saying like war or like chess, but, but you have to always be safe and protected. So like, and you, again, look at big companies, they'll have people. So that person's f- following a system. 
which they're trained. There's probably four other people that are doing that system. So they've got backups and they've probably got a role that's uh, lower paid. That is what you do before you get that role. So yeah. even if you do leave, we have another person to move up into yeah, that role. 100%. And we don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the other three people that are still there can train yeah. that person. Yeah. How to if, if one of the guys in the cavalry get shot off the horse, they'll put an infantry man on. Exactly. And then put a new kid up the front. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's basically what's happening. Yeah. And well, I mean, that's just, they're just tried and true systems. Like it's, it's nothing personal. It's just no, systematic. That's how businesses scale. Mm. That's, it's, it's a thing. And, but the other flip side to that is you have incredibly talented people who uh, who think outside of the system, you know, and, and mm. often those people can sometimes be the most valuable people in companies. Like they're often like they end up being uh, you know, CEOs or leadership team members or because they, they aren't the type of people that like the system. They aren't the type mm-hmm. of people that like the role or like the job. They're the type of people that are like they're problem solvers, you know, not everyone's a problem solver. They're the problem solvers. And and they're willing to think about a single problem for a long time, you know. Yes. And like they want to stew over it. Like why, how can I make this better? How can I make this better, you know? Yeah. And at the same time. they're thinking about how can I go home? Yeah. Or how do I, I need to make more money. What can yeah, I do? Yeah, like yeah. I, what, uh, you know. But, but those people also, they, they hate working in the big businesses oh, because yeah. the big businesses are too structured. So it's like they're a great opportunity for the smaller businesses to find great leadership people mm-hmm. like, or, or even partners, like uh, uh, partners in the business because these people, they don't fit into the big business model. And to get to the top of the big business model anyway, you have to have gone up the, you know, up the food, uh, what they call the ladder, yeah, the corporate sure. ladder, yeah. which means they've had to have gone through the corporate ladder. So by the time they get to the top, they're, they're, they're probably uh, thinking a bit different. But the ones that get to the corporates and they realize, well, this isn't for me and leave, they either start their own business or – they join forces with someone who has, mm-hmm. and they're incredibly huge assets for no, 100%, for yeah, SMEs for sure. too. You need people that are a little bit um, eccentric or you know can think outside the box. Yeah, 100%, it's yeah. all very confusing. Like we've just done a big circle of talking about. We've said the pros of systems, and then we've said the bad things. Like, but that, that's but, but it's look, a that, complex world. That, that, that's what I said about earlier with people. Like people are complex. You know, you can't just put everything in a box, and and um, every situation you know comes at you from a different angle and. Not every solution, you know, there, there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, as I like to say. So you could do it this way, I could do it that way, but we get the same result. So it's like, it's interesting. And that's why I like to talk to other people that run businesses because you can always take something from someone as inspiration for your own. You know? I completely agree. And, and and I always say the same statement slightly differently. Is there's, there's more than one way to success. I've met so many, I, I, I know a lot of billionaires. I know a lot of successful business people. And, and I could, t- I could give you examples of people that have made it to like the highest position or the, the highest kind of, I guess the highest uh, level of success in business anyway, in completely opposite manners mm-hmm. and ways. You know, it, there's no one way to success. You can get there. It's about finding the way that you, that works best for you as the entrepreneur, as oh, the 100%. leader. And, and, you know, you mentioned that, uh, um, your team follows a structure that, that you do. I always find that a culture and that a system or a structure, it, it always starts with the leader. Like, mm-hmm. a, and then it's about attracting people that that also works for. Are you very regimented or how have you, how are you personally? I would like to think so. I would like to think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty regimented. Um, obviously, you know, you're always trying to be better or whatever, but I'm, I'm really big on like, you know, training before work in the morning. Um, I, you know, like, like to go down to Bronte, run a couple of laps of the 4.40, jump in and out the ocean, you know, be at work by eight type thing. What um, time do you wake up for? No, no. It, well, the 4.40 for people that know, it's like a, 
on Saturday mornings if I meet at 4.40 and they run at 5 a.m. and they run a circuit of the car park at Bronte. It's like where the cliff's cut out. But anyway, it's just a 700-metre kind of hill circuit. So I call it, you know, I, I go run the 440, but I don't run it at 440. I'll run it at 640 or something and then swim and then make it to work at eight, you know? Oh, wow. Um, Is that like a community thing in a Bronte? Huge, yeah, huge community thing in Bronte, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I've never heard of it. They've got an Instagram and everything. I think there's like 200 people go there every No Sunday. way. It's it's every morning. At the moment, it's crazy, bro. Yeah, shout out to uh, the 440, yeah. Well, shout out to communities in general because that's a, a great example of how being part of a community for anything in life is going to make you better at that thing. Like how much more likely are you to go run the 440 because you know there's other people who can show oh, up to yeah. run the 440? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the people are crazy, man. And like some of them go for time and some of them go for, you know, the fastest 440 and all that stuff and um, how long you can show up for. There's also like a – there's like a Mur- team Murph as well down on Bondi. Those guys do a Murph down there at the Bondi What's that? Bars. What's a Murph? Murph is like um, come from the army. It's like a, it's like a one-mile run, um, 100 chin-ups. Um, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then another one-mile run. So they do it down at the promenade at Bondi. Um, they do it every Friday. Ab Stacker runs at, uh, yeah. Man, ben the Hanshaker. Eastern Beaches sounds like the healthiest place on earth. <laughs> it is, man. If you want to get healthy, if you're really keen to commit, there's like all sorts of groups down there. People do all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, um, I read. Yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, you don't, not everybody can do 100 chin-ups, you know, so you can like jump and ha- and like just kind of do negative ones. You can do Aussie rows. Like they're, they're inclusive of everybody. Same with the 440, you know, you can run it or walk it, um, do whatever, you know. Some people just walk their dogs on it. You meant to do 10 laps, which is 7Ks, but you can, you know, you can do three or five or whatever. Feel good for you. I um, I was like kind of curious about the beaches maybe two years ago. About, no, maybe just before COVID. Do you remember when that was, Laura, before COVID? Or? Anyway, I was thinking about moving to Bondi because everyone's talking about Bondi. I'm not a huge beach person either. So I to test it, I rented a place for the summer. You know, in Knott's Avenue – just before icebergs, the yeah. apartments that, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. can sit there and people watch. Mm-hmm. I got one of them for the summer and I sat there and it was just before the Bondi to Bronte walk. It's like where it starts. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe how fit everyone was. I was like, this is the, like, if you got like, it's the most beautiful, healthy place. Sorry. The people are the most beautiful and healthy people I've ever seen in my life. Oh, for sure. 100%. It's, it's obscene. You've never seen that. I, even That's- You can go to South, you can go to, South of France for the Cannes Film Festival and you won't see as many beautiful, healthy no, people as that. No, no. They're all sun-kissed and they're out there getting their steps in. They're yeah, for the 10,000 steps and the, ju- yeah, and the juices and everything, yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah, shout out to them, eh? They're really doing it. But anyway, back to being regimented. <laughs> I, um, yeah, look, no, I am. So I kind of go hard every morning between like 8.30 to 10.30 break. That's where I do the most damage, you know, like to my inbox, but, you know, and just customers kind of plan the day, what I want to do. Um, then, you know, I like to work hard obviously from like 11 to one thirty, and then I don't have any meetings or anything to the afternoon. So like, cause the brain starts getting, foggy. yeah. Or just like, you know, I have a meeting, you know, like I get into work and get the majority of my work done. And if, and if someone comes in to see me at nine thirty, and then we sit down and kind of just like, you know, have a chat for 45 minutes and I get back to my station, I'm like, I'm not focused, you know, like I just, I save everything for after lunch. Cause after lunch, naturally you kind of just, you know, foot comes off the gas a bit. You're just following up on the last few things of the day. But in the morning, I like to get in there and go hard. Yeah, it's always been my always been, always been my motto. And if people are like dilly-dallying, you know, in the morning, I'll be like, hey, dude, it's 9 o'clock. And like, you're having a laugh. But how do you not have anything to do? Yeah. 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 Well, the mornings are by – I mean, everyone's different. Like Laura, for example, she, she struggles to function in the mornings. But, really? But like for me, it's, mornings are the – yeah. So everyone's different was my point. My vitality <laughs> meter is literally like going down. Yeah. And then on, I only work 8.30 to 5.30. I barely do any overtime ever. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'll do. I, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's unproductive to to do long hours. I think it's. I think that you should be more more disciplined during the eight thirty to five thirty time and be more effective and then get your rest and then come back again and be effective again. Yeah, I think that's a really great uh, thing. Uh, a really great perspective. But again, it's about finding what works for you as that Fair as enough. a person. Yeah. Like I, I really believe. Like like we said. And um, there's, there's no one way to sit to, to being successful. Like it's about what way do you have? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, like I, I agree with your method, but, yeah. but you know, Laura may have a different method or, or, or I may have a different method. How and do you feel? Then that opens up the next question though. Um, uh, sorry. Well, I, I get, I like to get to seven between uh, at work between seven and seven thirty. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I see, since I got back from my holiday a few a few weeks ago, I've been getting there at seven thirty. So I'll I'll, I'll start, it takes me half an hour to walk from Potts Point to the city. So um, yeah, I'll leave home typically at seven. I get there like seven twenty five, whatever. I get a coffee. I go upstairs. Um, uh, I start, I read while I have my coffee just to get my brain like nice. just to kind of nice. I don't even read much. It might even be like two pages, but it's just to get my brain kind of. Moving and no, it's, it's like stretching before no, before it, boxing. It, yeah, it's regimented. You yeah. know, like it's like something that you do. You know. Like. Yeah, and then and then I'm like you. My brain stops working uh, if I eat. My brain stops working. So I'll have um, in the morning. That doesn't happen to me. But after lunch, I'll have a big lull in 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 brain power. Yeah, yeah. and then if I, I have too, if I have too much coffee, that also affects it too. Mm-hmm. I actually get slower, not faster. Caffeine's a real killer, man. So yeah, I, I agree. Only a small small amount in the morning, and then no more. Like two coffees a day, I reckon, is just like the second one's doing nothing for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you know what the problem though with what we're talking about is? Is that you know what works for me or what works for you may not work for your staff member, and so then if you put your system onto your staff member and they've got a a way that would work better for them, are you hindering that staff member? Yeah, but this is the thing though, right? Is that are we work in a sales environment, right? So everything is like completely tracked to sales. So, you know, if you're doing, if he's doing more sales than you kind of, you can be like, okay, sweet. Obviously, you know, you're having, you you having four coffees a day starting at 10 o'clock and only working four hours is like working for you. That's awesome. You can do whatever you want, you know. If you're kind of ticking the boxes, you can do whatever you want. But then if people were like underperforming, you know, for, for the average, it's like then you've got to start asking them questions like, hey, man, I think this behavior is actually affecting your performance, you know. Well, I like that because then you've kind of got – because really if that person was disciplined and driven enough to create their own best personal structure that allows them to achieve the best they're capable of doing, who are you to stop them? Let I them do it. I wouldn't care at all. But most people don't. Yeah, but Most then, people will will chill and like most people will just let the day get the better of them, which means that you've kind of implemented like a safety system. It's like, you know, worst case, the worst you can do, you still have a regimen that you have to follow. Yeah, of course. If you're above that, if you're above if targets, if you're doing really well, follow your own regimen oh, because honestly, you're probably doing something worse. People that you. like smash targets at, like that work for me can do whatever they do want. Do whatever you want. I don't care. I, I, I honestly don't. Like because I don't have to I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to focus on them. They're not a problem. Like they're not causing issues. They're not making mistakes. They're not, you know, they're not like losing revenue. They're not, you know, yeah. not converting, all that sort of stuff. It's a problem, you know, when you spend all these money on leads or, you know, you invest all this time into someone and then you kind of, you get to that point where they're six months in and, and they're not really like coming up to speed properly. They're the ones that you come to work and go, man, I have to, I have to address this problem. You know, this is a, I've been kind of, you know, turning a, turning my cheek to it, hoping it would kind of iron itself out and it's just not. So it's like, you have to get more and more kind of like focused on, on, on solving that. So, um, like I'm, I'm completely open to anyone doing whatever they want as long as they get results. 
I'm really results driven in my business. My old man um, told me something once that I thought was really, really cool and interesting. He was like, they, they would he would work out, you know, what's the average number of bookings uh, uh, someone would make on a daily basis or for a week, let's say. Like what's, of all the sales team, how many bookings are people making a week? And then, you know, if the average number of bookings was um, uh, 15, that would be quite low, but let's just say it's 15. Mm -hmm. If someone beats 15 uh, or let's say someone hits 16 uh, earlier than the end of the week, like they do it by Friday morning, well, you let them go home. And then he's like, all of a sudden, everyone, even the people that book in seven meetings for the week, all of a sudden they're booking 15 meetings for the week because yeah. they want to go home early. So, or, or, and the same works with, with sales. Like you do the same for sales, you do the same for anything. But if you can encourage everyone to lift the average to the average, uh, lift That's their, good, to the average of pass, just let them go or yeah, let them do it. Because we finish early on Fridays. So we should do like, I should do like 1.30 finishes for people that are like above, t- above target. Yeah. Oh, and it could even, doesn't even have to be for sales. It could even be for bookings for this week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I, I actually described how that worked really poorly. I should probably ask him that story again to, to oh, be able to describe it better. But the concept You get the concept of it. Yeah, yeah, of it, yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, it, but sales environments can be harsh environments for for teams. Cause the thing with salespeople is that like, there's no hiding, you know, there's no hiding for a salesperson. Your sales is stressful. And like, you get a lot, like a lot of team members, even at Cub, uh, particularly there's two particularly that aren't in sales that think, Oh, you know, salespeople have it, have it the best and blah, blah, blah. But I, I always tell them, I'm like, guys, trust me, you, you don't want to be in sales. Sales is hard because if you're not doing well today, everybody knows about it. Mm. If you're not doing well this week, everybody knows about it. You're constantly compared to all the other people doing the same thing. Like sales is the hardest role. That's why salespeople make money. If Jimmy, if Jimmy is doing 30 every single one, every single month and you're doing 10, he's just like, yeah, he's just making you look bad. Yeah. yeah and, but the whole company knows it too. Yeah, That's yeah, the thing is yeah, everyone's sure. celebrating new business and everyone's and they, celebrating growth. So and they know who the goat is too. And they, they get special yeah, treatment. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, you know, how do you, do you ever, how do you kind of help people that aren't, um, you know, always at the top of the of the sales board? Do you, do you give people because that can be stressful and it can also cause people to leave, which may I mean maybe a good thing that they leave if they're constantly at the bottom of yeah. the sales board. But our business is a little bit funny because there's like a, there's a bit of a knack to it, you know. It's not like you know. I mean, look, there's a knack to all sales, but um, look, I guess the biggest thing with sales is that. It's just like, you know, it's like excellence is just like a whole bunch of of small habits just like executed correctly, you know. It's not like you say some amazing thing on the phone and, and like because I use these words, you know, I make sales. You make sales from, you know, caring like with your customers, like actually caring, you know, being genuine with them on the phone, um, following up people, you know, uh, taking, taking an initiative. Hey, I just wanted to touch base with you. I know you spoke to me about this asset. I didn't hear back from you. Did you win the auction? Are you still looking? Is there anything else I can do for you? You know, do you have anyone else? Is there anyone else you know that I could possibly help? Like you just got to, you got to be asking for business, looking for business, you know, like a lot of other people get, you know, they hit the first kind of brick wall and they just go, okay, oh, okay, 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 I'll buy and hang up, you know? It's like, mate, you've got to push, you've got to push, you know? So it's like, I feel like if you can just do all the small things right every day and actually just do the work, then the sales kind of look after themselves. So it's like, I never kind of count where I'm at. I just do all the small actions right. Yeah. Sales is a process. Yeah, it's a process. Yeah, yeah. and that's why it can be taught. Like yeah. it's literally like booking. I mean, and sales, the cool thing about sales is it all starts with bookings. Mm. You know, 
it, it, you could, you can, the most important thing you do is go to the top of the waterfall mm. and get as many bookings as possible. Yeah, like, and then they the, fall into approvals yeah. and then and they find the that. asset and they get the settlement. Yeah, it's, it's just how it, it's how it runs. So, um, but, but look, we do have obviously, you know, like staff members that we work with, you know, and uh, I don't know, like people have personal things going on in their lives. Like, you know, some people under, underperform because they have issues at home or their head's not in it or, you know, um, they kind of, you know, in sales, like in our job, people can really kind of like, like, get kind of possessive about certain deals and then they spend all their time on this one deal and, you know, and they don't feed the top of the waterfall, like you said. Um, so you just kind of have to have a conversation with these people, see where they're at and what's going on and, and kind of just change their headspace to make sure that, you know, yes, you are doing deals today, but because this is, you know, a monthly sales cycle, like where are your deals going to come from next month? Yeah, you got to be looking ahead. You need to be ahead. selling all the time. You mm. need to be selling all the time, making sure you're doing new apps and keeping that fresh stuff coming in and servicing your other guys. And and also as an, a business owner or as a leader, being aware of problems people are having at home, like you were saying, when people have issues at home, it affects their performance at work. And so, I mean, I not all companies do this, but it's definitely something that I like to do is I like to know what's going on with the team members. Like I like to talk to them in, in kind of supportive and casual environments and, and just see what's happening in their, in the broader life outside of work and see if I can help or even just be a talking, uh, oh, you know, conversation sure. point to them because you know, your job is as a, as a business owner, yes, your job is to provide a, um, uh, is to provide value to society is really what I see the job being. And a part of that is through a product or service that, yes, generates you uh, income. But another part of that is by making it, by helping society make even stronger people, mm. you know, and your team, uh, whether it be your team or your clients, but y- your team, you can really play a big impact in, you know, how they live their life and how, how, accompl- how much they accomplish in life. And if you can help them overcome adversities outside of work, right, that's going to make them feel more confident in life. Cause every time you overcome an adversity, you get more confident, but also they feel like, wow, I'm part of a team and I have a leader as well that is on my team for life. Yeah. And, and care about me too. Yeah. yeah they yeah. care about me. Yeah. And, and, and you need to solve those problems because nine times out of 10, when, if someone just all of a sudden stops performing or isn't performing as well, or they're looking down, it's a life problem. And I think creating a culture, even where your team supports each other in personal matters, I think it's really important. No, it is a hundred percent. Um, yeah, look, we have like uh, we have like one on ones every month. So you know, I sit down with all the guys and just kind of go through the numbers and ask them how life is, and we, it's, it's quite casual, really. You know, we talk about numbers a bit, but we're not really like super numbers driven in those meetings. What I'm really looking for in those meetings is just like you know, hey, what's actually going on? You know, how do you feel? What's it, what's bothering you? You know, even just like you know, the person they're sitting next to might be kind of, you know, you know, like wasting their time a bit, yeah. or, or they want to change, or they're not, you know, they're not quite happy with this or that, or. You know, and, and people are quite easy to please. Sometimes I just want one small thing to go their way and then that makes all the difference for them, you know. And even if you just do one small thing, yeah, like you you fix one small thing or you improve something small, they're like, wow, I can really talk to this person and, and you know, it helps when I talk. And like it's a positive reinforcement towards communication. One of the you guys know? in the office just wanted a toasted sandwich maker for the office. <laughs> yeah. See, he was cool. kind of joking about it and I couldn't tell if he was just like – Serious or not, but he actually really wanted one. So we got one and we had like a toasted sandwich party and we all like bought a big loaf of bread and some macaroni <laughs> cheese and like all, but see, we all had it for lunch and it was awesome. But see, whether or not that toasted sandwich <laughs> He uses was, it all the time. Yeah, but you see, whether or not he was joking or not, that co- that conversation caused a, a community event where all the team got together and had mm. toasted sandwiches together. Like that's where I feel like the work from home thing yeah. being um, – I'd actually like to talk about this though. 
Yeah, well, work from home. I mean, everyone knows I I hate work from home. I do love. I don't. I don't. I don't rate it either. No, no one does. Trust me. I've spoken that anyway. That's we'll talk about that later. But, 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 um, uh, even the big companies now are letting go of people the second that they say, "Oh, I want to move." You know, I want to move with my family to uh, regional New South Wales or Queensland or something. They're like, "Oh no, look, unfortunately, we need uh, you know that particular role. Yeah, we need here in Sydney." Like even they're transitioning back. It's because you don't know what anyone's doing. I don't care what anyone says. But 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 I do like the idea that there are companies that are work from home because some people do need work from home, and it's great for them to have a company to work at. It's just not going to be mine. Yeah, and it's, and it's just not going to be a sales job like mine either. That that's dynamic. No, or probably a high performing company. <laughs> but no, I'm joking. There's high performing companies that do work from home. But but I think if you were like in like if you worked like a support role, where you just were like doing stock allocation, or you had to play on an Excel spreadsheet by yourself, mm-hmm. and you didn't need help or something like that, you know, um, and reply to some people, and your job wasn't super demanding. It was just more of like you had to have the right answers, or like you know, you had to do some technical work for people and then send it back to them that you could kind of do by yourself. And it wasn't high volume, but because we work in sales and there's like phone calls and, Hey mate, like, Oh yeah. Can we take this here? Oh, does that qualify? Oh, do they do any age? Like, oh, like oh, it's like 25 years for trailers there. Yeah. And like, you know, there's always just like questions to make sure that you just, you're more efficient with your placements. And I have guys in the office, you know, that sit next to me, they ask me, you know, 25, 40 questions a day type thing on policy. They work from home and I don't hear from them once. But I also think the energy yeah, like yeah, in a sales environment especially, but in any team, the energy you're getting from being around the team and seeing things happen, and mm-hmm. like someone celebrates when there's a yeah. win, and you Ring get the that, bell. yeah, yeah the momentum, yeah. like for sure. But that being said, as well, I know I've got friends who have businesses who um, all their team work from home, and they don't need to pay for an office, you know, and that works for them. They don't want to pay nice. for it, so it's not. Well, it's I think it's great for smaller businesses as well because it, it makes the barrier. So sorry, I do like work from home because the barrier to entrance for some, for businesses to start is now lower, which means we can have more businesses, That's which true. means we have more competition, so yeah. we have better, more efficient businesses. Yeah. And because they don't have to go pay for an office, I think know, I can spend that money on staff members and get more staff or better staff mm-hmm. to help me build my business. Mm-hmm. And it's a great business. It, yeah. it, it gives them their income. They've yep. got the ability to play with freedom. their children. Yep. It's got freedom. They don't have to have a boss. Like that's, I would argue that's a more successful business than my business yeah. because that person's achieved what they want from their business yeah. while I have not yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you're like me. You, you, you want to be the richest man in the graveyard, do? Yeah, <laughs> Julian. <laughs> I mean, our mutual yeah, friend Julian's yeah, similar, but not yeah. so much about being the richest, but no, definitely but you, about you being. Know what I mean? Just about you. Just yeah. want to see how want to be the greatest. You, <laughs> yeah, you want to see how far you can go. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, just, you, you can't just like yeah. get a business, get up and running, have five staff, and yeah. stop. Yeah, like, no you way. Keep going. No, no. Yeah. What, what can we do? It's you definitely know? a sickness, but yeah, whatever. But what? Yeah, it's better than other sicknesses. But but up to our point. So again, like what works for like what we agree with doesn't mean it's right for, for, for another business, yeah. whether it be work from but home or anything t- Touching else. on that, touching on that though. So working from home, right, I do support it. I think if you can work from home for Google or whatever, you know, good for you. You're on their payroll. That's awesome. If I was an employee and I could work from home, I think that would that'd be amazing. I'd be all, all for it. <laughs> but in my business, right, we actually do let people work from home, okay, but they work from home one day a week. So let's say they've got footy training or something on the Wednesday or, you know, something they like to do. They kind of choose what day it is. And then, you know, they work from home that day. So, for example, you know, four days they come in and then they have that one day where they kind of, you know, can cruise at home. So, you know, for four days a week, they're switched on, they're a part of the culture, they're feeling the energy, you know, they understand what's kind of what's kind of like asked of them, blah, blah, blah. But then they also have that freedom where they can sleep in, 
Because some of our guys like commute like an hour and a half to come to Bonner Junction or like yeah. an hour to come to work. And that, that's far, man. You know, it's three hours a day to, yeah. to get there. That, that's like taxing. So like on a Wednesday, if you can just like stay in bed for an extra hour and a half before you have to open up your laptop and you're in, like they appreciate that too, right? So, you know, to keep people in your business, to keep people happy, to keep people, you know, to keep the community strong, you know, these are things you've got to do for people as well. So like I'm open to it. Yeah, see, you are pretty open. Then. I am, yeah, but yeah. one day. Yes. There's no way I'd employ you for five. See, I don't even like one day. You couldn't, you couldn't cope. No, yeah. but I like, I'll tell you what the, I like. This is the problem though, right? It's like, if you don't give people that, somebody else will. I just don't you like know? the so idea of. Like, you, I, you gotta, you gotta, you've got to consider that too, you know? I just don't like the idea of systemizing it. I like, so actually our mutual friend, Julian Fayed, shout out to Julian, who also has an amazing episode. So if you, if you listen, you want to listen to his episodes, really good. I don't know what number it is, but just type Julian Fayed. Um, he said, He's fine with his team doing whatever, what they want. But it's uh, working from home has to be the exception, not the rule, mm. right? So if someone needs to work at home one day for whatever reason, mm -hmm. like, fuck, yeah, well, you, you can do that. Like, mm -hmm. like Laura, for example, I always use Laura's example. She's always sitting right here. But, but Laura um, likes to work from home. But I like to be together in the office and work. So when I'm not in the office, Laura just works from home because – She's happy to do that. I know she's working. She, she's been with yeah. us seven years and, yeah. and, and we're very good friends. And, and she, she's always doing her, her stuff. But if she, you know, she comes to the office because we like to work together. If I'm not in the office. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. she can stay home. She's like, basically working from but, home in the office. Yeah. yeah so yeah. <laughs> my point is like, you, you, or if someone has they got their fridge, get, yeah, fridge getting delivered. Oh or, man, that sort of yeah, stuff. Let them work so, from home. So like, painful, but man. that's the exception. It's we're, not the rule. We're going to deliver it between one and five. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Someone should innovate that that industry. Say, look, oh, we're going to do like guaranteed time delivery. You know, yeah. if we don't deliver it at this time or before this time, it's free. Yeah. I reckon that delivery business would take off. I don't reckon the, the drivers would. Oh, if, I, if I was a driver, I wouldn't turn I up wouldn't one time. Yeah. There'd, there'd be lots of free fridges. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Anyway, we do have to wrap up. But this conversation really like took a lot of turns and, and went. So I'm, I'm hoping it wasn't confusing for everyone. But it, it, it's just business is such a, a a thing to explore. And like I don't think anyone should ever come to any business conversation or, or, or any business with a fixed mindset. I agree. You know, because like I can say all day like I hate work from home, but – I talk enough about it and I can find why I also like it, mm. you know? Well, so yeah. Yeah. And we how it can work. That today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We actually contradict ourselves the entire time. Uh, I'm a walking contradiction. I'm, I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Sometimes I just say things and, and I don't mean them. I'm just exploring what that mm. mindset would be like to say mm. that thing. Mm. And then, you know, how I would think about that and you know, what would come next. And mm. does that make sense or no make sense? Or how are people's reactions to it? You know, like sometimes it's good to just say shit. Anyway, we'll leave it there. <laughs> But Colin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, to our listeners, uh, if you want to get in contact with Colin uh, for, for any reason or whether you could be a good referral partner, you want to join his team or, or, or need his services, you can go to cub.club forward slash podcast and find all his uh, contact details there. Plus find uh, greatest lessons in business, favorite books, um, and, uh, and much more along with uh, all the information from all our other amazing guests. If you want to catch up with Cub on social, it's at Club United Business on Instagram. It's great too. Colin, thank you once again. Hey, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the show.